We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Follow through. Don't give up. You know, teachers need you as leaders to be there and be present and be a support. Teaching can be so challenging and there are so many demands on your career, on your family life, on your work life. We need the support and we'll take all we can get. So the advice is just don't give up, don't throw in the towel and that uh, persevere through any challenges that may come your way. Dr. Chris Jones here and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Today, we're talking with Carrie Flood, who's a special education teacher in the math department here at Whitman Hanson Regional High School. She's also the assistant coach for the girls varsity soccer team and loves working with the team, especially when they're getting ready for their games. When Carrie's not working, she thoroughly enjoys spending her free time with her one-year-old daughter, who is her inspiration. I can't tell you how excited I am to have Carrie on the show today because speaking from personal experience, she is always lively, always has something to say, and all the time it is good stuff. So welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, anytime. So I'm just going to start right off the bat with it. What do you love about being a school teacher? Um, being a school teacher is such a fun uh, career, and it's an amazing opportunity to develop these young students and individuals. And one of my favorite parts about this job is helping these students through such difficult times and identifying that, yes, there are weaknesses that we all have, but providing them tools and strategies to use and see them implement them throughout the rest of their high school career and watch them grow into such a bright, independent, and um, eager learner. Well, you just came right out of the gate with that. So I, I, I've got to ask you a couple of things after that. I, I love your answer, especially the part about we all have weaknesses and, you know, especially through these difficult times. Do you have any go-to strategies or regular things that you implement in your classroom to help students that might work for a variety of situations? Absolutely. In a year where we went so remote and so virtual, I feel like the computer has taken a huge spot in our lives to organize and tell us, especially on Google Classroom, what do you have to do? But 
now. We are back in, in full in person. And one of the strategies that I love is writing things down, whether it's an agenda, whether it's a to-do list. And it sounds so simple, but a lot of us say like, oh yeah, it's on my phone or yep, it's on my computer. And there are a hundred things on there. So yeah, your to-do list looks really long and you have no idea. So visualizing what is actually on that to-do list it's a strategy that I love to implement with all of my classes and just helps you with executive functioning and organizing. And even if it's just a during this period to do list, you know what, let's let's take a look at what you have to do in the next hour. And then we can get as crazy as, you know, making the to do list for the day, the week, the month. Um, but seeing it and visualizing what you have to do is really important. Basically breaking it down into something that looks more manageable than it may actually be or taking something that you may think is huge showing that it isn't really all that bad. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Another part of that is you said we all have weaknesses that we have to overcome. So I want to, I want to blow this one up a little bit. Oh boy. (laughs) I know you do this with students to help them overcome their weaknesses. I mean, we always talk about growth mindset and accepting that we have weaknesses. Just, just how do we get over them? How can leaders, because you're a teacher and so you get to talk to leaders, how do leaders do that? for teachers because look, you know, there's a lot of talk out there that this year is as bad as last year because everybody's tired right off the bat. We're back at full speed with students in front of us. So it's got its own challenges. How can a leader help teachers or support teachers during times like this through their individual weaknesses? I think one of the things that leaders can do to help teachers and educators is communicate but communicate effectively, providing teachers with concrete information. And I know some things, you know, deadlines and, and mandates, we don't, we're not always sure of a, of a time when that might happen, but being as clear and um, transparent is super helpful for educators to plan around, for educators to um, think about, and especially when it's certain strategies or things that we should be incorporating in our classrooms. I think having that open and transparent and clear communication is something that leaders can do so that there is no questions and there is no, well, I heard this through the grapevine or I heard this from somewhere else. You know, we are bombarded with information from Twitter, information from emails, information from community pages, that hearing it straight from the source is going to be helpful for um, educators to work through the school year. In a way, it's kind of like you were talking about making things that maybe may look like they're awful, not be so awful because we know how we know how rumors get going and do things like that. Oh, absolutely. So let's move along a little bit and talk about one of your best accomplishments. What would you consider one of your best accomplishments as a teacher? After reflecting, I think one of my greatest accomplishments would be building meaningful relationships among the students. And in reality, a teacher sees hundreds of students a school year and you have so many kids in your class and we build relationships with all of them. But to go out of your way and really make a relationship meaningful is something different. And um, today I heard uh, a student say like, I don't know my teacher's name. And I said, oh, it's, it's October. What do you mean you don't know your teacher's name? And some of these students, the reality is they come in, they sit down, they do the work. And they go home and that relationship with their, with their teacher of the classroom, they don't find a, a, a purpose to go out of their way to, you know, say hello, see how their day was and, and really have a, a, a communicate, a conversation with them. 
So one of the stories that comes to my mind is a little freshman boy when uh, a few years ago, so four years ago, a student came down the hallway and hot mess express. If you could, if you could picture it. Is that, is that like a copyrighted phrase? Hot mess express? Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. <laughs> there are papers trailing behind the, the student head. No idea what floor they were on. And they were going late to class. And I stopped the student. I said, can I help you? And I'm, I just came from gym. I've got all my papers. I said, what class are we going to? And so I wrote him a pass. And I said, leave your backpack here. And I introduced myself. I said, I'm Miss Flood. I said, are you a freshman? <laughs> they nodded their head, yes. And they introduced themselves. So that period, it was my prep. And I took this wonderful backpack that was filled to the brim. And I organized it into binders, grabbed some folders from my closet, organized. We had biology and English and no physics, thank goodness. But we had all the basic classes and we organized his backpack. And he came back after math and said, thank you so much. And from that moment, I never had him in class freshman year, but we had a relationship and there was a head nod. And it turned out that he had no idea how to use his locker. So we then learned how to use our locker and, and um, his freshman year began. And the next year I ended up having the student in class and he was just, you know, such a wonderful young man. And I don't know if we ever met that, if we didn't meet that day, if we would have had that same relationship. You know, I was there when he was riding the back the bus to school and a student got sick in the bus. And this young man gave this kid a backpack so that if he had to throw up, there it is. And he was just such a friendly young soul going through the, going through the motions at school and, and didn't really have great friendships and great relationships. And that connection that we built freshman year just blossomed and he got more comfortable in the school community and he joined a football team and he began to really excel at Women Hanson and it ended up coming down to the wire with remote learning. Our friend struggled a little bit and he wasn't going to graduate. and. He had F's across the board. There were meetings after meetings. Attendance was an issue. And I knew how capable this young man was. And, and I got an email from him. I, I didn't have him. He was for remote. Got an email from him senior year. Like, listen, I'm not going to graduate. I just want to thank you for all your help. And I'm like, buddy, you're going to graduate. And together we made plans and coming into school and trying to come in sometimes hybrid, whatever we could do. Um, working with his teachers and environmental science was minimal work completed and his teachers, he had relationships with them and he built off that and let them know of the situation. And each teacher said, you know what, make up the work and you can do it. And graduation, senior activities came and all his friends are out and having a great time at senior cookouts. And he's in my classroom, just banging out all the work he should have been doing. And he, he acknowledged it. He said he slacked off, but if it wasn't for that email, I would have no idea. I had no idea that he was even at risk of failing. But we had that meaningful connection where he knew that I just didn't care about him that one time. I didn't just care about him when he was coming down, papers trailing in the hallway. He knew that if he needed something, he could come to me and I would either help him myself or figure out how to get him the supports he needed. And I think that that's something moving forward. I mean, there's been so many students that I had once that come to me, whether, hey, this is an issue I'm having, what can I do? And I just think that having connections with students and letting them know that you care so much more about them than just what they get in the grade as a class 
you care about their morals, you care about their decisions and, and have that relationship that, you know, they're a young human and they're going to be leaving your school, your classroom, going into the, the, the real world, we say. We need to let them know that we have their backs and, and provide them with the skills and strategies to utilize and implement when they graduate and, and do whatever career choice or um, post-secondary education goals they have. That's a great story. Oh, he is one of my sweeties. And if I, I had never gotten such a nice card from him after graduation with, you know, definitely some strategies that I taught him about writing letters and signing your names. But um, <laughs> it was so good to see the the end goal. And had it been different, had he been not have passed, you know, I think this year we would have been still working as hard um, as we could to get him to where he needed to be. But he was definitely a special story and I'm hopeful there's more to come in the future. But some of the things you said in there were so important how, you know, you would have never been able to help him had you not received that email, but you would have never received that email had you not shown that you were more interested in him in him than just a student showing up, getting what they need to get and then leaving. Exactly. And that relationship piece. So again, I'm gonna I'm gonna push this out about teachers and leaders. Because I think there's a lot of parallels, and I, I think there, there are a lot of things we can learn about in how we as leaders should treat teachers based on how teachers treat students. And so you said something that really hit home for me. The idea that that student didn't know their teacher's name in October because he would just come to school, sit down, and then go home. And I think about how do leaders stop that trend from happening with teachers, where teachers come to school, they get their work done, they do what they need to do as far as correcting or run a club or something like that, and then go home. How do we build those deeper issues or really get to know people? What works for teachers? That is a great question. I think, again, that building relationships piece, teachers are teachers. And it's so funny when a student's like, you go to Shaw's? Well, yeah, I got a grocery stop, right? I mean, we're humans, right? And I think that relationship and that idea also is important for a leaders. Like teachers, they're humans too. So motivating them to want to stay and to put in that extra time after they, you know, so to speak, do their job. How do we make them want to do more and, and want to be part of this community, um, whether it's attending a sporting event of a student or whether it's, you know, chaperoning a, a dance on a weekend. I know Saturday nights, teachers have their own lives, but there is a homecoming dance coming up where we do need chaperones. But how, how do we get these teachers to do that? I think is to provide them with enough supports during the work day and the work week, whether that's prep planning time, whether that's you know, giving them time for professional developments during the workday so that they're not doing it on their own time and allowing them to realize that they have so much more opportunities to participate in the community and give them the time to not worry about work and not worry about what they have to do for the next week. I think if we give the opportunities during the work week to get your work done, maybe teachers will feel less stressed and less bombarded with, oh, I can't do that at five o'clock because I've got this, or I can't do that this weekend because I'm planning for next week. That, that's my input. I think that's, a, that's a great answer. The idea of almost like swapping time, right? If, if we want teachers to be able to, it's, well, it's the whole plate, you know, and everybody does that plate activity where you get a plate full of stuff and then it's 
what can I take off your plate? Because you can only fit so much on a plate. Mm-hmm. Unless you're me at a family picnic, then you'd be amazed at how much I could put on a little plate. Oh, I think at Thanksgiving, I think it'd be a tough battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the idea of being able to swap something out like that is good. But then how do we, do we do a good enough job? And I, I mean, obviously, you know, people listening to this might say, oh, well, they're talking about the school they work in. But just in general. How can leaders do a good job of helping teachers recognize all the different opportunities they have to get involved? So how do leaders let teachers know of all these opportunities that they have, whether it's with the school, um, with the community or things like that, to get involved? I know, obviously, there's a dance coming up for us, just like there is at every other school. And that's like a simple notification thing. But is there a way to make it more enticing and inform both at the same time? Yeah, I think leaders could could improve how teachers feel and educators feel about um, getting more involved. I think for me, I'm a I'm a face to face type of person, but I think having conversations with them and letting them know is so important. An email or a notification, it's very easy to say like, oh, delete. However, when you have a conversation with someone. And you let them know like, hey, you, next month, this is happening. I think having that emotional connection and the uh, relationship piece, I think it really goes back to that. If a friend or another coworker is going to be at these events, you might be more apt to participate and volunteer. But I think leaders could have, whether it's at a department meeting or a faculty meeting, or just in general, if there's check-ins with your supervisor or check-ins with your department head, uh, letting them know, hey, the events this month, this is what's going on. How are you doing with your work-life balance? You know, I recently had a goals meeting and it was just so nice to connect with my boss and just check in as a human, get to check about talk about our goals and then have my boss, you know, ask, how are you doing balancing the work? How are you doing balancing life? Is there anything I can do? Is there anything that you're interested in doing this month? And then talking about these opportunities and and her instructing me like, oh, by the way, this is coming up. I think conversations held. Without conversations, teachers and educators won't know. So I think it's important to get the information out and make it available. That's awesome. That's great advice. Let's, um, let's change gears a little bit. And we talked about the good side of the coin, right? So what about the bad side of the coin? Can you recall a time that you didn't do that well as a teacher? Because what I'm specifically looking for is through that, through reflecting on that, what are some things a leader could have done to either keep you from not doing well or to make that time you didn't do well shorter and by supporting you? Oh, um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I said earlier, we all have weaknesses. The beginning of my career definitely struggled here and there. Absolutely. When I first started, I was really bad at being a regular general ed teacher. There is like a stigma that some of the students had and that I was like the special teacher. I was bad at being seen as just a teacher. So I do teach special ed. I teach special ed in the math department uh, and I would support my co-teacher, but I wasn't seen as an equal teacher in the class. And I will never forget the day my co-teacher was out and, um, I walk in and a student goes, are you the substitute teacher? And I was so defeated. It was such a a punch to the gut and it it sucked. 
And I overcame this with time. You know, I spent more time up at the board alongside the co-teacher and um, until I was the one, you know, leading some of the lessons with there and my co-wife, excuse me, my co-teacher. And I learned our roles and how to best work together, divvying up whether it was the warm up or the attendance and activities, uh, behavior management, just all the things that make one class the class, we figured out our role and, and found our niche. And as time went on, I was seen as a teacher. But that first year it was more like I was a substitute. And I think having the confidence would have helped me through that time. But I'm not a math major. And so that also made it very challenging because I didn't know the content 100%. I knew the special ed background and I knew the special ed piece. And I was okay at algebra. You know, I went to Whitman Hanson, so I had some good skills. But I wasn't a math major, so I couldn't feel so confident at the front of the board going over uh, parabolas and and their quadratic equations. But as time went on, I I felt more confident and I just lacked that in myself as a new teacher. And as a new teacher, especially in a math class, it was really challenging. See, so now that's a tough, that's a tough piece for a leader to address because that's a, that's an internalized feeling. But do you have any ideas like what, what would have helped you in that time? Or or what could have a a leader have provided to help you with that feeling? I think as a new teacher, uh, a leader could have maybe provided some materials and some of the content, some of the curriculum to review. Uh, My case was very unique. I was hired very, you know, two days before the school started. So I was learning (laughs) the district. I was learning the roles. I was, was, it was a whirlwind. But um, looking back and reflecting on that, I think a leader could have, provided some of that support uh, curriculum and content wise, but also having that conversation that, you know, this is your first year. This is, you're going to be learning. It is a learning curve and that it's okay to feel that way. I felt like had I been reassured that, you know, this, as time goes on, um, you will feel more confident and as, and as time goes on, um, you will get more comfortable with the material. I wouldn't have been so defeated. I feel like I felt defeated and lacked that confidence so much longer than I could have because I had I known that I would have gotten to the point where I was leading instruction, um, I felt like that was a never going to happen. And then it took so much longer for me to, for that to click. And I had a, if I had a leader, you know, have that conversation with me, I would have felt like validated and okay, you can do this and move on. Cool. You've said a lot about both of those things. And thanks for sharing those two stories. The idea of the, your success and and a, a time that you fell a little short there. What I want to do now is take a quick sponsor break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about some key things that leaders can do to support, engage, and empower their teachers. Awesome. Thank you. Today's podcast is sponsored by Better Leaders, Better Schools, the podcast that inspired me to start this one. Since 2015, The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast has released hundreds of episodes with millions of downloads. Subscribe and listen each week to great conversations on the topic of school leadership. I use Anchor to distribute the Seeing to Lead podcast because I find it to be the best tool to suit my busy schedule. Anchor has everything I need all in one place, offers hands-free distribution to everywhere podcasts are heard, and is free to use. I can use anywhere from some to all of its features based on what I need at the time. On top of all that, you can be mobile, recording, editing, and distributing all right from your phone. 
You can also easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And we're back with Carrie Flood, and she was just telling us the importance of leaders making sure that teachers feel that emotional support as well when they're maybe feeling down on themselves or feeling like they're they're not cutting it, so to speak, that sometimes just what it takes is some investment on the leader's part to notice that, have a personal conversation with them and let them know that, yes, there are going to be difficult times. This is not easy, but it's okay. It's going to be a learning curve and you're going to be just fine. So from that, I'd, I'd love to move on to the idea of key things leaders can do, right? So do you have any anything at the top of your head or anything that you've thought about recently that are some key things a leader can do to support, engage, or empower their teachers? Yeah, I think that having leaders in, in your department is so vital, especially to motivate teachers, veteran teachers, new teachers. Um, having that, dep- that leader in your department is so crucial. And I was told once by a very wise teacher, Briashi, shout out to you, that um, a leader does not make you a better teacher. A strong leader makes you want to be a better teacher. And I think that in order for leaders to empower and support the teachers in their building or in their department, effective communication skills is so important because teachers need to know, hey, this is what you're doing. Well, this is what we need to work on and to have a plan to move forward. Uh, The teachers can get so caught up when you get that district-wide or not even district-wide, but department-wide email where it's like, hey, this is happening. Like, let's make sure this is, you know, moving forward. We do this instead. And then you question like, is that me? Oh my gosh, what is that? I don't know if I do that. Is that about me? And we get so caught up. I think leaders need to have effective communication skills and um, an understanding of being a classroom teacher is so important because we are so quick to, we can be so quick to answer a question, but a leader has to have the ability to think about that, whatever the question may be, to think about it and then not just answer it immediately, but create some ideas. What are some options? What can we do? And then narrow it down to the best decision. I think having a leader who can, have those effective decision-making skills and being able to look at other ideas and other viewpoints is huge because then you take into consideration all the other opinions or options and narrowing it down to the best answers is going to give you, you know, just a sense of unity and a sense of like empowerment and your voice is being heard. And it's not just, this is the, this is the way we're going to do it. Um, Having a leader who can listen to multiple viewpoints and then create uh, a plan moving forward is just really important. That's a great answer. I'm so glad you brought up that last piece about it's important to be heard. So a leader can't always make the decisions that every single person wants or agrees with in the buildings, but it's important that a leader listens to every person in the building so that they can then, like you said, narrow down and use some decision-making skills because that does create that sense of belonging. Absolutely. And, and you know what, you may have or have an opinion and so many people might not agree with it. Some people might, but letting your voice be heard is really important for teachers so that, you know, they, they're being considered, they're being thought of, they're not just being shut down and having that openness from the leaders is really important. So, and, and on top of that, and this is, this is, 
maybe a little cheeky, maybe not, but you called out Brie Ashe. So uh, should I be inviting her to, to go through this as well? Absolutely. I think, I think she'd be a great celebrity to have on this podcast. I hope she's listening right now. And if she's not, I'll sign her up for uh, next month, maybe. There, there you go. We'll get her signed up and we'll have her on here. Perfect. That's, um, we're getting near the end of the, we're getting near the end of the, um, the episode here. And uh, I have two questions that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. And sometimes they just answer the questions and they get off scot-free. And other times their answers actually bring up quite a few other questions. So <laughs> I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm not saying what I'm judging. I'm, I might be prejudging what yours are going to be like, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see where we go. If you were not a teacher who, not what would you be and why? Oof. When I went to Whitman Hanson, I took a internship course and did an internship in a kindergarten because I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I just had that gut feeling. And I said, I want to be a kindergarten teacher. And after one hour in that setting, I said, no way. And <laughs> I couldn't do it. I didn't know how to tie 47 shoes at the same time. But I knew I wanted to teach at some age group. But if I didn't want to be a teacher and educator, and if this career didn't work out, and if after this podcast, I get fired. If I wasn't a teacher, I think I would be seen working with rescue dogs and rescue pups. And um, the idea of possibly running a dog sanctuary in Massachusetts would be so cool to me. I was involved with the foster dog world from Puerto Rico. It, they just got me. They, they reeled me right in. Uh, so I think that that would be my future career post-education life. All right. So now that, that is going to bring up a couple of things. Now, <laughs> the first thing is, I don't know too many people that would get their brand new principal to dance at a faculty gathering <laughs> before school even got there. So I think you're all right as far as the fired front. Ooh, <laughs> but um, but uh, the rescue pups and running a dog sanctuary. Why do you think that is? So this is me being a little analyzing too much over here. The dogs when, and if you're not a dog person, I'm so sorry, but the dogs in Puerto Rico are street pups and they're called Satos. And they are just, they're there, not on their behalf. They were bred or they were born in the streets and, and they have no guidance and no support. And it's truly rescuers that are there giving them a, a chance at a life. Um, their population there is so overcrowded and so dense and Without these people, they have no chance at a, a happy and successful life. And I think that can be seen, you know, with education. You know, we are given these students and it's up to us to give them these tools and give them these opportunities for growth and these opportunities for failure to learn what they need to learn and to identify what they're great at. And um, I think that I see that in the pups too. And it sounds so silly, but... You know, I, I ha I'm such an empath and I think knowing that these dogs didn't ask to be put there, um, I would love to give them a home and provide them with the best quality of life while I could. So if that means frolicking through some fields with a bunch of dogs and let's do it. I don't think that's overanalyzing a bit because uh, I was going to make the connection as to what you're doing now and <laughs> the whole dog pup rescue thing. So I don't think it's overanalyzing or, or knows maybe I overanalyze things, but, uh, I'll just leave that right there. We won't take that any further. But the last piece is, this is the showstopper. This is what everybody listens all the way to the end of these episodes to hear. What's the most important piece of advice you would give to leaders as they work to better support, engage, and empower teachers? 
Um, something I could tell leaders, an important piece of advice for them is to never give up, uh, especially through the past year. Had you given up, you would have never seen the opportunities that this year presents us. And although it may look different and be different, I think that this year is amazing. And had I given up last year, had a leader given up last year, you would have never seen what was on the other side. Though times may be challenging and there may be obstacles and problems and issues to to be dealt with, follow through. Don't give up. You know, teachers need you as leaders to be there and be present and be a support. Um, Teaching can be so challenging and there are so many demands on your career, on your family life, on your work life. Uh, We need the support and we'll take all we can get. So um, the advice is just don't give up. Don't throw in the towel and that uh, persevere through any challenges that may come your way. That is absolutely perfect advice on so many different levels <laughs> for leaders to hear. Right? You know, there, there are times that everybody gets tired, right? And um, everybody, there's anybody that tells me they never have a day where they're like, oh, geez, you really like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, is trying to sell me a bridge. But um, <laughs> they, um, but, you know, I, I usually answer, I usually, when people ask me um, what it is about being a principal that I like so much, and I say it's the toughest job you'll ever love, much like teaching, there are those days that you feel that, but boy, th- there are many more days if we just focus on those instead of the negative ones, where we're like, yeah, I am the luckiest person in the world to have this job because of the impact we can have and things like that. So I think you telling leaders to hang in there no matter what is a great message to send. Oh, thank you. I mean it. It's um, it's so important to have leaders to look up to. And uh, without them, I don't know what this role would look like and what this career would look like. So I'm, I'm thankful. Um, but yeah, just don't give up. All right. So we're at the end. I can't imagine somebody not wanting to get in touch with you after hearing you on this, uh, on this podcast. So uh, how, what's the best way to reach out to you? I am on Twitter and my Twitter handle is at WH Kerry Flood, K-E-R-R-Y-F-L-O-O-D. And uh, yeah, you can reach me on there. Perfect. Well, Carrie, thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm super happy that you did and you had a lot of good things to say. So I, I always learn from these uh, myself personally, and I definitely learned some things today. So uh, I appreciate it. Awesome, Chris. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at Dr. C.S. Jones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Learn more at drcsjones.blog. Continue to improve and go have a successful week. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? 
you need flexible time. When added into your master's schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E.